Christians, we're so glad to have you with us today on the show, and hope you can be with us for the next hour. We're on until 10 o'clock here on WPSL. Thank you for tuning in and taking the time to do that, and hope you can participate in the show today, either by listening, giving some thought to the things that are said, or by calling or texting into the show. My name is Mike Schmidt, as you just heard, and I'm one of the hosts of the show. With me also, as usual, is Gary Jones. How you doing, Gary? Uh, doing a lot better than last week, Mike. Yeah, Gary was under the weather last week, so we had to fly solo. But you did call in. I appreciate that. And, uh, uh, I, I try to listen. Uh, I, I struggle with calling in. I, uh, the delay is, is hard for my whole brain to process. Yeah, well, sometimes, it, and it, I guess we didn't have a good connection last week. It happens that way. So uh, we're... Uh, we're glad we can, you can be back with us today. It's always better when you're here. And uh, in case you haven't heard the show before, We Are Just Christians is, as I mentioned, a live call-in show. And I'll give you the numbers to reach us in just a moment. But uh, on the other hand, that we tell you what it's about. I know we may spend too much time on this, but I'm sure we have new listeners. But We Are Just Christians is about promoting the idea that we can be simple New Testament Christians here in the 21st century and get past or behind a lot of the denominationalism and traditions that have grown up around religion. And it's also about being just a Christian in an age where people are not Christian at all. They are either some kind of neo-pagans or unbelievers or, or nuns, as they're often called today, uh, Gary. Not nun as in Catholic, nun, <laughs> right. but N-O-N-E-S. And we, we appreciate if those folks are listening. This is not trying to exclude anybody. We would love to have people call in who don't agree with us and who are not believers. We've had it happen in the past. I thought we had some interesting discussions. I, I can't promise we're going to always be able to respond to everything you bring up, but we'll try to give you a biblical answer when you do call in. If but, not, we're going to tell you that we don't know, and we'll look it up, and we'll talk about it again. And we do that sometimes. We, right. we put something off a little bit, give a little and comment, I, bring, I, bring it back up. I may sound like a broken record, but what Mike just said is found in Scripture, and that's what we're here for. In John twelve forty eight, he says, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. Not what somebody on television tells you. Not what you think you believe in your heart. Not what some philosophy is given for you. But the words of Jesus Christ which are found in the scripture. Right. right. And that's what we're here for. That's what we're about. That's what we try to do. Um. Uh, Maybe we fail in some cases, um, but we try to be successful and we try to, to uh, do everything that God has told us to do and basically keep it on his terms and not our own. Right. That's exactly right. Well, we do appreciate all of you listening. Let me give you the numbers to reach us here in uh, on, the, on We Are Just Christians. You can reach us at 772-340-1590. 772 772- Three four zero one five nine zero is the number. That's how you call into the show. We'll put you right on through here. Uh, well, Ray there at the station will put you right on through to us. We're doing this by Skype uh, from our church building, but we can have a conversation. If you would, if I can remind you, if you call in, please uh, anticipate a little delay. Turn off your radio. Turn it way down. Don't listen to that. Listen to what you're hearing on the phone. Oh. That'll work out a lot better. And speak up. 
Make sure you speak way up because of technical problems. Sometimes we have a little difficulty hearing. So uh, we're not trying to talk over you when you call in. We simply can't sometimes hear or we don't anticipate the delay that's there. So please forgive us for that and keep trying. 772-340-1590 or 1590. You can also reach us by texting. Gary, we've already got a, a text or two this morning. Um, you, uh, you can reach us by text. My text number, Mike's, is 772-260-6120. 772-260-6120 is my number. You can also reach Gary by text at 772-260-6220 is how you reach Gary here on WPSL. So if you'd like to get a hold of us, please do call in. And uh, also I would mention that you can tune into the show wherever you are uh, on TuneIn Radio or by Alexa devices by asking for WPSL 1590 or 1590 WPSL, or which order it's in. But in any event, you can, you can certainly tune us in live anytime you want to look, go listen to the show wherever you are. Tell your friends about that. All they have to do, the way that I do it, is I just go to the website, WPSL.com, click on Listen Live, and it takes you right to the station live. You can also do that with TuneIn Radio. I have that on my phone. And so um, you, you, you can just go to TuneIn Radio, type in WPSL, and you can listen to the show wherever you are. Tell your friends about that. It's 1590 WPSL on TuneIn Radio. So that'll, that's a help to everybody. And we do have people that listen on the Internet from out of state. We've heard from them. We really are thankful for that. Glad you're listening. And you can also then get archives of this show. Uh, part, pod, we used to call them archives. Gary, now it's a podcast. You know, right. Podcast of the show on our website, which is wearejustchristians.com. There's a shock. The website is called wearejustchristians.com. You can go there. You'll have records of, you'll have an archive of this radio show going back. Uh, we might miss a show here or there because of technical problems or something, but they're there. Also, the same thing is true for the lessons and sermons on different subjects that I preach about here on Sunday morning. Those are on there for many years. Going back, you can search by different subjects at wearejustchristians.com. Well, I think we got a phone call already, Gary. Okay. Um, Brian, are you there? I'm here. I don't hear you, Brian. You're here. All right, let me turn you up on mine just a little bit. Okay, go ahead and... and uh, What's on your mind today, Brian? Uh, all right. Well, good morning. My first time calling, y'all. Uh, I might have been maybe before, but um, I always wonder about scientists. Basically, that's what, what my, I call it. Scientists who, uh, you know, the course of their study come across evidence of creation as as uh, brought up in the Bible. And but still, don't confirm that or, or, or don't admit to what they find. Like if you're if you're a uh, if you're someone who studies the planet, you know, uh, for example, studies the universe, um, and you see the evidence of of intelligent design and creation, then how do you still want to point to a, a uh, you know, Big Bang theory, uh, type type of uh, thing. And I know that, again, I'm driving on that, so I can't, I can't look at the Bible, but I know that it does mention about um, those who told the truth and the righteousness, and um, I believe 
talking about basically people who know the truth and still just want to deny it in the face of overwhelming evidence. Like, if I'm a scientist, I'm studying biology or whatever my field is, and I'm thinking there's no way that this could happen by happening. There's no way I can say that this is just chance uh, that all of this uh, and it's functioning the way it is put together by an intelligent being. How can I continue to to deny that? So I just wanted to kind of bring that up. Wonder what your tip on that? Well, I, I've done a lot of uh, thinking and study about this over the years. So has Gary, because Gary has spent his life working as an engineer dealing with design. Right. And, and so it's it's an interesting thing. Now. There's several layers to your comment or question that we could unpeel over a long period of time, Brian. But it, it, the gist of it is, for example, one aspect I brought up the last week, and I preached about it for two weeks in a row, was that all men are created equal. This seems to be that we're so hot on this topic of racism, and it's a legitimate good topic to talk about. Uh, but it, it has to be fun, founded upon the idea that all men are created equal. Well, if we don't believe in a creator, then how do people get rights? How do we know that all men are equal if there's no creator? Because science doesn't tell us that men are equal. It tells us that there are different, well, supposed Evo science. Evolution in particular. Evolution says, particular, that, says that men came from different types of apes. And there's, different, there's different kinds of humans that all are in some different state of evolutionary advancement. So there's no basis in evolutionary theory for the fact that all men are created equal. On what basis can we found a society and the rights of a society without that, the foundation of a creator? I think that's a legitimate question. I'm going to keep asking it as long as I have breath because I think that's a fundamental problem that we have that's going on in our culture. It also, but, but really the problem is deeper than that. You mentioned uh, the creation, Genesis 1. We, we could talk about that. I'd be glad to hear your question about that. But I want to go to two other places that might touch upon your question, Brian. Why do people run across evidence all the time for design and not see it? Number one, if you did believe in intelligent design and did see that if you do see order in creation, it wouldn't necessarily take you to the God of the Bible, because you can get to God without getting to Jesus Christ as the Savior of men on one level. But notice what Paul says in Romans chapter 1. I don't know where Gary was wanting to go, but I'm going to go to Romans 1. Because I think that's the verse that you alluded to, John, I mean, uh, Brian. He says um, in verse 18, we could start early, but let's start in verse 18 of Romans 1. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Now, that's an interesting state. He's saying that because of unrighteousness or people wanting to do what's wicked, they suppress the truth. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. If you want to know about God himself as a creator, as the supreme being of the universe, God has shown it to you. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and divinity, so that they are without excuse. 
because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now he goes on to talk about them uh, beginning to worship animals, beginning to worship other men, gave themselves over to much to uncleanness in their hearts and to dishonor themselves, even eventually mentions homosexuality as being an ultimate expression, widespread homosexuality as an overwhelming expression of this idea of giving yourself over to unrighteousness. And so there's this whole process going on in Romans chapter 1. So Paul says that one of the main reasons that people have suppressed the truth is because they simply don't want to do what is right or good according to God's will. And so you've got to get God out of the picture. Now, now, you know, Sigmund Freud, uh, whatever you think of Sigmund Freud, he, one of the most, most famous psychiatrists of all time, and people have believed his theories, they discredit them, but he's famous for kind of popularizing the idea, Gary and Brian, that, that if, if there had not been a God, men would have invented one anyway because they want God. So he popularized this notion that goes around. The Bible actually says just the opposite of that. Isn't that that surprising now, that the Bible will say the opposite of Sigmund Freud? The Bible says that men do not want a heavenly father, and they've done everything they can to get rid of this father in heaven, this creator, so they can do what they want to do. In fact, the first temptation in the Bible was Satan coming to humans through Eve and saying, you can be gods if you just do what you want to do. Just take the fruit. Don't let God tell you what to do. You can be gods like him. He's holding out on you. That's the first temptation. So I, I believe Sigmund Freud was wrong. I think people want to get and this want to get God out. And that's what this passage is saying. That he says God made the world, and in the creation of the world you can see very clearly, if you're looking, two things his eternal power and his divinity, or the fact that he is not human. And he's greater than human beings, and he has great power. So you can see these. God says, now you're without excuse for not believing in God. Now, to get from believing in God to believing in the cross of Jesus Christ is another couple of steps. But you have to start there. And the creation shows this. And so there are so many, I have so many files on my computer here of things that I've run across, even recently in a couple of different websites, that talk about this idea that, that scientists are continually being befuddled by the design that they see. And, and here's another popular notion. Brian has gone out the window. The idea in the popular mind is that the more we advance in science, the less we see God or see any need for God, the more we debunk the idea of God. Nothing can be further from the truth. The more we go into science, into microbiology and genetics and things like that, the more we can see with microscopes and telescopes, the more we see order and design which indicate a designer and someone with a plan behind it. Well, Mike, this like is inescapable. Let, let, let me add to that one other thing. When we look at those things, when we look at it detailed, one of the things that we've, we've done in the last few years is things have become so easy in terms of we have automated systems, we have things that seem to reason and think for themselves, And it seems like, well, that's real easy to do. But when we stop and look, if we were actually knowledgeable about how these things are made, we would be astounded at the complexity that it takes to bring these things into being for a man 
or for a company or for anyone else to bring something like that into existence that actually works. Right. We do not understand the complexity of the universe around us in general in our society today. Well, well the more that we know, the more complex it is. Yes. Gary, I was taught in school, all through college even, that the human cell was basically a simple thing. But it's it, not. It's, it's, it's a million times more complex right. than they thought then because now we know more. So man knowing more has led people to a greater... God is revealing himself even more as time goes on in the natural world. And, and yet humans, are pu- in, in our culture, are pulling away, would you say? And he's doing it through science. He's doing it through science. And yet humans are pulling away from that idea, not because they have some kind of scientific proof that there is no God or that there's no design. Science proves design. What ma- but man has to get rid of this person who's telling him what to do. And therein is the problem with this. Because man wants to be God. That's the problem. Well, that's right. Now, now when you get to... There's a couple of things you want to say. I got a couple of texts here I want well, to deal I, with. One other comment. Go ahead. One other comment that I want to make about Scripture. When we stop and look at Scripture and the morality that's in Scripture, we we need to begin to understand that if it, if this were written by man, which many claim, that this was just written by a bunch of men hundreds of right. years ago, they wouldn't have written this. They wouldn't have written Scripture the way it is. They no. would not have put the morality into it that is there. Right. They would not have put many of the things in there. And there's an overarching plan. And scripture. there's an overarching right. plan in it written by many or put down in writing form by many men. But obviously when you look at it as a whole, the guide was there from God. This is also proof in my mind that scripture was written by God and not by men. So right. I, I'll leave that alone for right now. But that, what that's we're another, actually, that, the inspiration that, of the Bible is another whole issue. Is another whole and issue. That's what I'm saying. You can, can get to God. Now you're going to have to get the inspiration. But it's based on the same kind of thing. Right. Uh, and uh, you have, some, people have, some people can go straight to Jesus Christ on the cross. Some people have to get to belief through looking at the world around them. And that's what happened to some of the, the, the ancient peoples. And that's what Paul's talking about in Romans 1. But they're going to get to that through an understanding of the Creator and then eventually get to an understanding of the revelation through Scripture and to the cross. You know, Jesus, and, and I don't know if Brian's still there. If you'll hang on just a minute, Brian, I want to ask you a couple more questions. And we got some other texts that come in. But let's go quickly to John 8. Now, now this is a different context altogether, but it hits at the same problem. This is something Jesus said. The 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 Pharisees were attacking Jesus as to who he was. And they were saying, you're not being very clear. You know, you haven't told us who you are. You're not being very clear. And so he says to them in John eight forty three, why do you not understand my speech? Why can't you understand what I'm saying to you? He hears his answer. Because you are not able to hear my word or listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He tells them, you can't understand what I'm saying to you because you don't want to do what God wants you to do. You want to do what you want to do. Or he calls it here the, desire, the desires of, the fa- of their father, the devil. So this is a fundamental problem of human beings, including Mike Schmidt and Gary Jones sitting at this little white table here that we're sitting at. We this struggle. is the fundamental problem 
that we want to do what we want to do and be gods, and therefore we try to find ways, some of them very intellectual, some of them very religious ways, to get out of obeying what the Creator has made us to do and what He's told us to do. And so some people have established elaborate schemes in their own mind, and, and atheistic science, not just science now, but atheistic science is one of these schemes. They just never look at, Gary, any other possible explanation for the evidence. A good scientist and a good investigator looks at the possible reasons for what he sees. Bones are just bones. You find some bones in the ground, they're just bones. You can't tell me about uh, about a whole crea- theory of creation or evolution from finding bones in the ground. Okay, Everything you build upon that is based upon your conclusions, which sometimes are assumptions in your worldview. And so it's possible to take the same set of bones and come to two different conclusions about them. doesn't mean they're both right, but the idea that you can find bones in the ground and all of a sudden evolution is proven to be true simply is a childhood fantasy Well, that a lot of smart people have bought into. Can I go back just a little bit in what you said earlier, that you and I have a problem, and we do, with wanting to do what we want to do. And I, I've, I've told people, and, and I've said this, I believe, to you as well, Mike. When we study the Bible, if we study it honestly for what it says and un- try to understand what God is telling us to do, we're not going to like it. No, you and I sometimes don't like it, do we, Gary? Because we talk about these things personally. Yes. because How, they, you, how you, challenging you, it is to do what God wants you to how do. How challenging it is to do that. And if you honestly study the Bible and honestly understand what God wants, there's some things in there you're not going to like. No. I'm going to tell you right now. No. And, and that's one of the signs that you're getting to the truth. That's one of the aspects of it that I've learned to look for. When I don't like it, I'm probably pretty close to the truth. Now, how you deal with that is another whole matter altogether. That's what separates the people, is how they deal with the problem of their own heart in this matter. I mean, Gary, we can even go to the issue we talked about last week. There's on their base, racism. I've heard arguments in different places all my life by religious people about how the, for example, you, you don't like, uh, black people think they're inferior, so you go to the Bible and find something about the curse of Cain, curse of Ham, and uh, Cain and Ham, and all that, and you bring all this in to prove racial superiority. And, and then, if, if you don't like white people, you go to the Bible and you say, "Well, Jesus was black, and so therefore all white people are devils," which is a whole other theology that's out there. None of those, all those theories are doing is simply taking your own personal preferences and the desires of your heart, and then building upon that. They're not taking the Bible at face value or the truth. Scientists do the same thing with, uh, with, with scriptures of various kinds. And, and the truth is, science and philosophy are very closely related. Let me see if I can find something here that I... Um... Well, one of, the things you're talk- one of the things you're talking about here, Mike, is, is what many try to do is confuse all men being created equal before the law or all men being created equal before God as a judge of us all and all having the same ability. That we do not all have the of course same not. ability. But that's not what the Bible's talking about. That's not what but, it means to be how, all human right, beings. But how we separate those things in our view of the world is where the difficulty comes in. Right. Because what's going on right now is everybody wants to have the same economic outcome for everyone and that was never well, part, of, possible, the, part of the way that God 
planned and worked. And Matthew 25, beginning around verse 14, is, is an example of that. Uh, but, well, and so we can read it. Well, listen, listen to this quote, by, if I can get it to work here, by Aldous Huxley, famous philosopher and atheist and scientist in the, in the 1800s, early 1900s. Aldous Huxley, in his book, Ends and Means. He's, he, he was also a Marxist, surprisingly, surprisingly, or a communist. I had motive, he says, for not wanting the world to have a meaning. Consequently, assumed that it had none and was able without any difficulty to find satisfying reasons for this assumption. So once you make an assumption that you don't want the world to have meaning, you can certainly go find some satisfying reasons for that assumption. Are they true? Well, maybe not, but they're satisfying. The philosopher who finds no meaning in the world is not concerned exclusively with the problem of pure metaphysics. He is concerned to prove that there is no valid reason why he personally should not do as he wants to do. Hear that? The philosopher and, I would put, and or scientist who finds no meaning uh, in the world, he's not doing so because he has uh, a concern with a problem of pure science or metaphysics. He's doing so because he personally does not want to find meaning, or why his friends, he, he, he wants to find reasons why his friends should not seize political power and govern the way they find most advantageous to themselves. For myself, he says, the philosophy of meaninglessness, which is evolution, of course, was essentially an instrument of liberation, both sexual and political. Now that's about as blunt a statement by this kind of man as you're going to read, and people applaud this Actually, because they said, well, he found his way. And he, he's respected still, still today in the philosophical and scientific world. Now, that just, that's a, just a restatement in more blunt terms of exactly what Jesus said about why people don't hear what he has to say. And it's why scientists can look at order, look at design, look at the world, and come away saying, eh, there's nothing there. Now, or what they do, and if you read some of the scientific journals on intelligent design, you find that they, they're doing very ingenious ways of ignoring what they do or explaining it away. But, but it's just, it's, it's there for you to see. Here's the point. God said about this, he left us without excuse. Exactly. He doesn't say that we're going to convince all people or that all people are going to be able to see this and come to the right conclusion. He just says, I did this and put design in everything I did, showed my power and my divinity to you, and I leave you without excuse. Now, that's a very chilling statement, isn't it? Well, when you consider that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, uh, I wonder how, what the tendency is going to be to make an excuse for the things that we have done and not done in this life because we are going to be rewarded according to our deeds. That's exactly what Jesus says. You are going to be judged by the words that he spoke. Yes, and And the picture, that's exactly right, and the picture of Romans 1 of 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 a degraded society, which has happened before our time and will happen again, it's especially alarming to Gary and I and others because having lived a little while, we see the so-called progress is being made based upon this nihilistic, atheistic philosophy and promulgated by the God of science. And what we see, Gary, is not that there are people doing immoral things today. There have always been immoral people. That, that isn't what alarms me. What alarms me is 
not that there is a line of morality and that people are crossing that line. That's not the modern problem. People have always crossed the line of right or wrong. The modern problem in the United States or Western civilization brought about by Darwinism and by a false god of scientism and by Marxism is that they erase the line. It isn't that we cross the line. Is that we're now being taught from the time we're young that there is no line. And that's what was going on in Romans 1. They had crossed, they had erased every barrier between man and animal and God and all the passions had been unloosed because there was no line. Now that's a very bad and dangerous situation. This is, what, this is the vortex in which our society is now spinning at this point in time. Can it be stopped? I don't know. But that doesn't mean that we should be silent about it. And so look around you, my friends. You will see in the world that's around you evidence of design. As much as your mind would like to resist that, yes, it's true, that leads you to a designer. And as Gary says, maybe the words of that designer will hold you to account one day. Right. But I've dealt with people long enough. Gary, you've heard me say this before, but I've dealt with people long enough since I've been a young man uh, to, to know that the one th- if I mention God to, to people, if people find out I'm a minister or a preacher, pastor, whatever they want to call me, when they find this out, it's like my son-in-law said to me one time when we first met, it was like when you said that uh, an invisible wall went up between us. Uh, because he, and I told him, I said, well, Brian, what that, what in your mind what happened there was not so much personal. I don't take that personally. It's because to most people the word God means responsibility or accountability. And that's the one thing we don't want is to be held accountable or to be responsible for our own actions and thoughts. Or it means limitations on what I can yeah, do. Well, being, yes, we're limited because we're going to be held accountable. Or we should limit ourselves, and we don't want that. And so that's the barrier that people face. As soon as you talk about God with people, this is this what's going on in this radio show. We come on the air week to week. People hear it's a religious show. Many of them are going to turn away or listen with a jaundiced eye because to them it isn't about me and you personally, Gary, although they may not like us. That is a small issue. The issue is... Will they be accountable to what God says? Or will they simply take words that they can find in the Bible or other places and twist them so they get to do what they want to do about it? People who are conservative about the Bible do that just as well as people who are liberal with the Bible. That's the problem with this because it's a human personal issue that we all have to be aware of. Now, you know, Gary, we've been talking here for a long time. Uh, Brian, are you still on the line? I think you must have hung up. Maybe I, not. I apologize, Brian. You had you had a great comment and great call. We really appreciate it. And you probably just set us off for weeks here now. <laughs> right. This is one of my favorite subjects. And, and it's it's because it goes to the heart of so many things here around us. And it goes beyond just science as such. We call it, I put it in quotes. Because it goes to the heart of humanity, as you see. This is not just a we're going to bash scientists. I love science because I love I love my gadgets and I love the comfort and ease which science helps me to live in that my ancestors could not have but i don't like science exalted to the place of a god and demand worship from me i don't like that and i refuse to i refuse to acknowledge that and i don't like science that tries to push god out of the picture in so many ways now we had a um well i certainly agree with the caller that we are not looking at how absurd many of the claims of evolution are in terms of logic and what can happen when just looking at daily life. Uh, basically, 
evolution is many times more absurd than we would. I, I, I used the example of what if a uh, tornado goes through a wrecking yard, an auto wrecking yard somewhere in the in the Midwest somewhere, and as the result of that tornado going through, here's a fully complete, well painted, ready to fly Boeing 747 right. left, right. ready to go. That is the you know we would think that's so absurd you wouldn't even think of that. Well, but that's the that's equivalent the, of evolution. <laughs> well, they have to design these elaborate experiments to be able to find out something that's there. And they're missing the point that the, a mind is having to design the experiment to pull out what's already present. And they find, and they find it with a mind. And I love people telling me, with re, trying to use logic and reason to convince me that there is no such thing as logic and reason. That it's all meaningless. And so, uh, the, the other thing, Gary... Is that is that this is let's just keep it current. So many people I know are uh, are progressive and they despise the idea of the Bible or creation, and uh, they would mock that idea and they put they put Darwin on a pedestal, personally and otherwise. He's the greatest thing ever happened human history. Even got a little fish with legs on it in the back of their car, you know, uh, about Darwin. Darwin was one of the worst racists of the 1900s, I mean 1800s, he and his followers. And it's no accident. Now, I want you to think about this. You can poo-poo this idea, but if you're going to believe in evolution, somebody has to be the less advanced human. Not all humans have arrived at the same place at the same time. Somebody has to be the least advanced, the more primitive than the others. And it is no accident, as I said in the sermon last week, that these guys consistently have placed the, the skeletons and the skulls with the most African-like features as the most primitive. It is a fundamental form of racism. And by racism, I don't mean bigotry. It is bigotry. I mean the idea that one race can be superior to another. And evolution has always placed the European-type features of white people higher on the scale than the African features. Now, that is an inescapable historical fact. You may not like it. You may, you may think, I'm crazy, but look it up and think about what you're seeing. Somebody has been promoting a subtle racism for a long time under the name of science. The Bible, though, on the other hand, that primitive book you know that you should dismiss, right. says early on, that all humans have one mother. Eve is the mother of all living. And it says in the New Testament, in Jesus' day, a radical thought, that all men were made from one blood. Now, those are semi-scientific. Well, they are scientific statements of a sort. They weren't made to be scientific statements, but they do teach science. And they teach something that modern Darwinists have missed. So I, as a Christian, don't look at people and see their features and say, well, advanced, less advanced, evidence of evolution. I'm seeing a creature of God. There's different forms in minor degrees. But the Bible does not teach racism or bigotry. It never has, does it? Even though some people have tried to pull that out of it. Or basically, But Darwinism Paul, teaches it. Paul even says... Fundamentally. Paul even says, and I forget exactly where Mike, you might... There's neither Jew nor Greek... There's neither male nor female. There's neither slave nor free. Galatians 3.28. What does that cover? What does that cover? That covers everything. The range of humanity. Economic status and gender. Now, in Christ, none of those things matter. None of those things matter. 
Even if there are differences, they don't matter. But see, people dismiss Christianity as a primitive religion because some Christians have been bigots and racist down through the years. And why are people bigots and racist? Because they want to promote what they want to do. Once again, they want to be the God, and they want to have their way, and they think the way to get their way is to be superior to other people around them intrinsically, not just by their behaviors or talents, but intrinsically better because of skin color and or class or, or ethnicity. And it's no better if whites do it or blacks do it or, or Spanish people do it. It doesn't matter. We should be against all of that and see it for what it is. Well, I'm, I don't want to hijack today's discussion back onto the last couple of weeks, but I think it's interesting, the intersection of these ideas. They all come from the same place, a secular view of the world and a secular view of humanity. Well, that that's... is not the way forward. It will not ever take us anywhere but more divisiveness and more hatred that's why, that's why, Mike, I keep saying that our purpose here is to uncover what Jesus said that will judge us in the last day. That's found in Scripture. If we will study the Scripture honestly, we can understand it. Paul even said, I believe it's in Ephesians, he says, when you read what I've written, you will understand his knowledge of God. Right. So exactly right. It, this Bible was written so that we could read it and understand it. It is not what some people claim to be something that's not understandable or you have to have so many degrees or so much education that you can't understand it. You can. Now, it is in some cases difficult. I will not say that it's not. It is a different type of book. You cannot read it like you can a novel. It's not one book. It's 66 books. It's 66 books. But basically, you cannot read it in the same way that you read a novel for entertainment or a history book written by men. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, that, and I think that's exactly right. It takes, it takes effort, and God uses that effort to sort people out, actually. Um, we had a text come in from John that says, uh, basically, I think he's responding to my idea or a few minutes ago that all humans came from one source. Until the flood, he says, that's true. Then we all descended from the Noah and his family. If there were different human species, they all died in the flood. Okay, that, that's one thought process. I guess the thing that I have against that is what I just mentioned that as being a theory that there may have been other species. A theistic evolutionist might be able to say that God used evolution to get humans into existence and then at the flood he wiped out all but one family and that's why we're all related today. Of course we would, we would still carry the genetic material from the previous things would make well, distinctions. You, you'd, but, still, you'd still have to go back to that. That one family all came from one mother. Well, that's exactly the point I made back in the response to the text. That in Genesis 5.20, uh, it says that Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was a mother, mother of all, of all living. So that seems to be against the idea that there were different kinds of humans even from the beginning or before the flood. But it is true that we all were narrowed down to one Family, which had, I guess, a very broad genetic spectrum in Noah and his family. And we don't know that they, they were not all Jews. This was long before there was such a thing as a Jew. Long before they, Abraham existed. Abraham even existed. And so they were, they were really fundamental type humans. And there were eight of them, not one or two of them. And they all, who, who knows what the different physical appearances and genetic makeup was for Noah, his, three, his wife, his well, three sons and their wives. Well, all the division had to come from six of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, eventually it came from the six. Okay, eventually it but, came from but the it six. Went back Noah's, to the, to Noah's the, children. 
went back to the two, though. <coughs> they, they came from the two, but you're right, it came from the six. But who knows, their ge genetic diversity had to be very great. And uh, we just simply don't know the answer. So I don't, th I don't think it's, it's intellectual, just push that aside. In fact, there's a whole branch of genetics that begin is beginning now to see the humans are, are far more related than they are apart, and this and that and the other. I, I don't know. But Darwinism as a theory is not just about, oh, we found these bones, they must mean this. Darwin had reasons for coming up with his theory in the first place, if you ever read it, and, and the people who followed him had the, had the idea of getting rid of the Bible and creation as the fundamental thing they were trying to do. And they've done a very good job of it in the last 150 or 60 years. They've done a very good job of getting rid of the Bible as an influence in society and teaching people that humans came here by accident, not on purpose, but by accident. But I think when you begin to teach human beings that they're all here by accident, you can't help but have bad results. I mean, I read here a couple months ago, we had a show, part of a show was on Christopher Hitchens even having second thoughts about the idea that we can throw away God still have a good society. Well, that's, that's you know, one of the things. And he now, they now recognize you can't do that. Well, that's one of the things I keep coming back to, that the, the liberals who think they want to create their own utopia are throwing away the very thing that would, that would make them be able to Could create Could get them a closer to a utopia. Exactly. We're never going to have a utopia, utopia here uh, on Earth. That, that's one of the big failings of our generation, Gary, and from our generation. I'll speak of us. Now, we're both in, you're in your 70s, I'm in my late 60s. Uh, but our generation, you know, the flower children, we thought we could create utopia on earth if we could just get rid of the establishment. Well, now you've become the establishment. People are trying to throw you off the bus because they want to create their own utopia. That if we can just uh, get rid of all the capitalist pigs, we'll all have a utopia on earth. You see how that works out? Because there's no such thing as a utopia on earth. It's not because of capitalism. Or racism is because of human heart is corrupted, and is and every man desires to only serve himself. Well, this some is are, the fundamental thing. Some are wrong. beginning to write, and I saw one article um, basically on the internet. I forget the name of it now, Mike, but basically he wrote with the fact that how important religion is to business, and when we stop and think about it, uh, you know, when when I was growing up, my father was in business. He was a subcontractor that worked in the construction business, but he, he never had people sign contracts. He went to them, they discussed what they wanted to do, they shook hands, and he went away and did it. Right. That's gone. Yeah. And and it's just... I got know. a lawyer mad at me one time at my dinner, dining room table, when I basically, <clears throat> I said basically, if, if people were honest, we wouldn't need lawyers. And I wasn't insulting him. I was just speaking more of the human condition. Why do we have lawyers? Because people aren't honest. That's why you have them. Uh, now, I may have overstated the case a little. He said, well, no, that's not true. But why do we have to have a written will? Why wouldn't my words be enough? You see, because we can't trust the people. Why, could, why couldn't I just tell my children it, it, that? And what, it doesn't work do. that. Right. So, so there, is a, there, there is some truth in what I said. Uh, well, not some truth. There's a lot of truth in what I said. Okay. And we wouldn't have to be worrying about police if people were honest and good to either, would we? We wouldn't have right. to worry about police brutality or police this or police that because uh, every man would, would police himself, which is what the Bible is talking about. It's so, one of the things that's been bothering me this last few weeks is just watching how contradictive the things that I see are on, on TV with the rioting and the demonstrations against police. And I'm seeing, 
I'm watching the need for police to exist right now in what you're doing, and I can't seem to make anybody understand that. Do you understand right. what I... Right. Now, whether, we should, whether they should uh, change their tactics and there be reform, that's a debatable point. How right. It has been for a while, uh, but whether we need some kind... Well, look, if you don't have a police force, you will have, like they had in Seattle in the CHAZ, whatever it was called, they had armed guards going around trying to enforce some kind of order. Uh, so if you get rid of the police, you will definitely have some force that, in, that, that imposes order because otherwise humans just can't function together. And there, there, okay. was a, there was another act of hypocrisy right there. Nobody was c- criticized for carrying those arms around, but you let somebody uh, demonstrate for the Second Amendment and see how fast you're going to be criticized. Right. So, it, it th- and, just, that's the, that, and that's the whole point of... Of this idea, we 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 need a police, and so here's and here's what the Bible says about that. And we we know Romans thirteen. The Bible says very clearly that God instituted human governments. Now He had has had various ways different societies implemented order among humans and human societies down through time. But in Romans thirteen says that that the government is a minister of God to you for good and avenger of wrath upon the evil. So God's idea of government of instituting governments from the beginning, although we have various kinds of governments, is to bring order in society and execute what God says is right in society, to prevent murder and lying and rape and things like that and dishonesty and treachery. If you're good, you're not supposed to worry about the government. That, and the government should be good and the government should be good enough that you don't have to worry you about them the if you're good. Exactly. But, but of course that's not true. Hasn't been true in a lot of, in most cases. But God or institute human governments as fallible as they are because he knew knows how humans are. Now, does that mean that then we should just let governments do whatever they want? No. Our government was founded on the idea that governments, even governments are limited by God's power. Is that not what the Kekarai of Independence, the Constitution say? Exactly. That, that we're, we're, we have been given as humans, individuals, individual rights that God gave us that even governments cannot violate. And it tries to prescribe the boundaries of that and, and so forth. It, maybe you think it's a flawed document. Find a better one. That's just the nature of government. So whatever society comes about, and of course we have evidence of what Marxist societies who try to implement a utopia on earth, we have evidence of what they end up looking like, don't we? Oh, well, the we 20th can, century and on in the tw- 21st century is littered. We can look at Venezuela right today, exactly. Much less all the ones in the 1900s. Lit- Marxist societies, which were trying to implement a utopia on the earth, and they ended up having to do it by violence. You cannot force people to all think one way and bow the knee to the state without eventually having to bring out a gun to make them do it. It's just, and, any, and young people who think somehow that we'll all just somehow get along and everybody will be fine without any use of force are kidding themselves. It's, it's a childhood fantasy. We're, we're, we're ignoring what happened in, in the Middle East. We're ignoring what happened in Hong Kong. When we look at what the communist government there said it was going to do about Hong Kong and then what they're actually doing. You know, basically, Mike, when we look at all these things and say, you know, these people lie about what they do. And we don't understand. We, 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 we ignore it because exactly what you say. We want something out of that. We want 
a guaranteed income. We want free this or free that or free something else. And there's just not the resources well, to do well, it. Let's just take this approach. I d don't disagree with what you're saying. The, Ameri the federal government of the United States lied and was treacherous toward the native Indian people in this country in making treaties. And they did not keep the treaties. They made them treacherously. Now, the difference here is this. That's wrong. The difference here is that's not, I'm not even, I don't believe in the moral equivalency in that statement, as you might think I would say by saying that. The difference is our Christian moral foundation and our Constitution said that that was wrong. Even though we did it, doesn't mean we thought it was right, that it was really right to do, and people should be held accountable for that. Of course, we're paying a price now for, the, for that treachery. But, but our government should be held accountable to that. Why? Because people can't be trusted. It's so ironic to me that people that, that say that, uh, uh, b believe that we can't, we shouldn't trust the people in government now want to increase the power of the government run by people. It's, it's, an, it's an incredible irony to me that they think that since people are bad, we need a new government, and we need to give that new government more power and put the power in the hands of some people. Of, of That's pe the very problem we have now. People who don't pay attention to those documents that tell us what we, we should do. We need people in office who believe in a higher authority than themselves. That's not the in a. That's the point I'm making about our federal government. It fa when it fails, it fails because the ones in office pushed sometimes by businessmen or landowners or this person or that group, pushed around by those people with economic and political interest, will go against the the higher moral values that should be at play in a government. When that happens, you can expect nothing but bad results. Well, they complain about those things, about what was done to different societies or things that were done wrong in our history, and yet they want to destroy the very documents that says that was wrong well, that's, that's in what, our that, government. That's the point I'm making. I have, I have a way to at least actually say that was wrong. But but what but what other what what is going happening now in in this uh, kind of a new overthrowing of by Marxist the, uh, Marxist ideology is going to be the overthrow of all of those moral principles. Name the moral principles of Marxism, you see, and basically it, there isn't anything that compares to the principles of Christian morality. So there won't be any kind of a guidance except the state issuing decrees and demands which will change. And it becomes a situation, we're headed into a situation, Gary, we already see it in some ways, much like the French Revolution, yes. where, the, where the first advance of the, of the radicals to overthrow the existing system began beheading people, and then they began beheading each other, and a whole other group of people came in and beheaded those people before Napoleon came back and became the dictator and straightened it all out for a while. Is that where we want to go? What we're seeing there is, I don't care, if you say the wrong thing today with these people, you're done. They're, they're, they're going to come from you. You can now. be the staunchest ally of theirs, but, but they're going to bring out the guillotine because it's a power struggle. It isn't about right and wrong. It's about power, who has power. Now, human societies have always been based upon power and power struggles. Jesus' conception of human society and of human beings is one that is not based on power as such. In fact, he calls his disciples to be servants. He even says this, the government officials in his idea, his are thinking, servants. are servants, not those just to, to wield power. But humans always try to 
find a way to make it about power. It happens in churches. It happens in businesses. happens in families. The family structure can be so distorted that it's unrecognizable to God because of power that's wielded by the wife or the husband. And, and so all these things get messed up in the same way when we don't follow the biblical principles. We're way, way off our subject. We're way off our subject. But, but I really appreciate Brian's call, uh, uh, the idea of how can people look at the a world of order and only see chaos out of it, as it were, and not see God in that. Well, there are, my answer to that is very simple. The reason they don't is because they have reason, personal reasons, usually involving morality, that they refuse to see what is right there in front of them. That's the reason. Um, it's, it's often the re- it's reason that any of us will twist the world to be what we want it to be because we don't really see the way things are because we have our own ideas. And, and that's, a sh- that's the way it is. Uh, when you start talking about scientists and philosophers twisting reality, though, they have an influence and power. I, I would warn every one of our listeners, it's one thing to respect so-called science quite another to worship it but I believe it's become our God we have several gods and goddesses today that if the ancient people looked at our society they would recognize them as such one of them is science with a capital S the other is mother nature with a capital M you see you have that and then you have uh, musicians and artists people who can dance and sing actors those kind of people are gods and goddesses of various sorts just like, and they represent various passions of human beings, just like the gods of the ancient Romans. We've elevated these people far beyond what they are, what their job is, of being an actor or, a, or someone who's pretending. Or far beyond what their or, knowledge or what is. Their knowledge, or being a musician that's able to, to play an instrument. We've elevated these people in our culture far beyond that. They take on an iconic status. I heard someone the other day, Gary wants to replace the national anthem with the song Imagine by John Lennon. What do you think about that? You should see the look on Gary's face. Uh, uh, no, yeah, there no. you go. The new national anthem, Imagine, uh, which he said was a Marxist song. But but it really is just the idea that somehow we can have this utopia where there's no religion, there's no government, there's no property. And let's uh, let's watch and let's see, see how, how that works out that's going to work out see how that poor. works out without it's christianity be very poor very poor see well the bible that... author, the, the bible recognizes private property it recognizes all those things it just tells us how to regulate those things in the proper way and how we treat each other and how we prioritize those things exactly well um well, but basically what it what it is lots of luck in having any kind of society that functions without the Judeo-Christian morality system. That's yes. what I'm going to say. Brought, whether you, whether you want to follow exactly the New Testament or not, or Jesus Christ, but without that Judeo-Christian morality system, society will not function. Well, it's like if you want to say, well, let's go back to the Greek and Roman times before Christ. Okay, th- there's some good features of Greek society, features of Roman society, Egyptian society, but those societies were all characterized by true slavery on a huge scale. And, and unlike anything the, we imagine today, the oppression that existed in, the, in that world and the lack of justice—you think there was no justice now? Uh, you you should try reading some history about of the oh, ancient yes. world and before Christianity came along, and and it took centuries, and with with starts and fits and sputtering beginnings, 
for there to even become any kind of order and justice in society. We've got a long way to go. But the failures of our society are not because the fundamental principles of the Declaration of Independence or Constitution or our, our legal system based upon, uh, upon Judeo-Christian morals. It's not because that's at fault. It's because human beings are still in charge of it. That need, and they need to be reformed. And, and, and I, I don't buy the idea, well, look at all the religious people. The religious people that are often put in charge of these kind of things that, that, that were very influential in early American society were themselves wicked men oftentimes, selfish, motivated by greed, and, and uh, so forth. Well, that's that's who was running the system. And they were doing so behind a clergy mask or clergy cloth. Well, that's one of the things we need to make clear about Paul's comments about the government being uh, basically God's workman, in a sense, to keep order, is that he established the office, not the individual that goes in it. And, it, and it's often controlled by the individual that's in that office. Well, and I, you've heard me say before too, Gary, that... Uh, if the individual that's in that office doesn't want to execute God's will and wants to execute his own and satisfy his own desires and his own lust, then we're in trouble. Well, and God will judge him for that. And God will not, judge There's not anything going on. The Bible, when, when God appoints you as his minister for justice as he does, all civil policemen, all those who are any authority in our society, from the highest to the lowest, when you do not execute your office with justice and equality and, and with righteousness, God will hold you accountable because you are his minister for good. And that goes whether you're black or white, Democrat or Republican, whatever it may God will hold you accountable for that. So when a policeman out here misuses his authority, God will hold him personally accountable because he's a minister of God. When the governor or anybody else in authority, a school district uses their authority to, to unjust, unjustly affect people, God hold them accountable. We don't always see immediate results of that. But right. I believe that's what the Bible says about it. And, and uh, uh, the problem is you put people in charge of all that, they're unjust too. But as a society, we've lost sight of that accountability. People say, oh, Mike, you, you told me years ago, you should run for office. Well, if I did run for office, I'd be full of the same failings I have now. You know, I'd be full of the same weaknesses now. So who's going to keep me in check? Well, that's why you need someone to run for office who understands that, that they need to be kept in check and are willing to be kept in check by the law and by other mechanisms. But so many of the people who are elected are not that of that nature. They do not believe in limited government. They, or authority, they believe in authority that's based on their personality. Well, that's another whole subject. Well, we've got about a minute left, Gary. So basically, wrap it up all real I'm going to say is the loss of that idea of accountability is exactly what I was talking about in John 12:48, when Jesus said, "The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day." Right. Jesus is saying, "You will be accountable," and the standard that he's going to use is what he told you to do in his word. So before you ridicule those who have religious beliefs, you have to understand the essential nature of those beliefs in having a just and fair society, or even trying to achieve one. And that starts with a, a definite belief in God as a creator of all men. We've got about a minute left, Gary. We want to thank our listeners today, thank our callers, those who texted in. We really appreciate it. Hope you'll take a look at our website, wearejustchristians.com. That's wearejustchristians.com. All one word. 
You can find podcasts of this radio show. You can find sermons and other Bible information there on different subjects. So we hope you'll take a look at that. Come and visit us at 2196 Southwest Savona Boulevard here in Port St. Lucie. 2196 Southwest Savona Boulevard. We're practicing social distancing, but we're having services, and you're welcome to come. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you. Open my cup, baby.